Last time on Tales of the Voidfarer. Um, we have lost many of our companions on this particular mission. We're bringing the creator ship to Crot Space. We're, we're placing the beacons. It's about to jump in any time. Oh, wait, 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 wait. The forged mothership, the, the center of forged society is coming to this system. We have shifted the entire creator ship into the astral plane. Huh. And we were placing the final of the third beacon for the ship to triangulate its return. It is imperative that the beacon that Rally took below is activated or the creator ship will be trapped on the Astral Sea. You know, I couldn't really see where Commander Rally ended up, but when I went down there, I saw this pulsing brain thing coming out of what looked like a dragon skull. I couldn't stick around because the minute I got there and I was chased out of there by those weird flesh creatures pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Just as I suspected what I say, y'all. Dragon experiments. back into things it's been a minute seems like you guys enjoyed our q a the last time around but now we get to jump back into our story so um to start things off i meant to say it at the end of the last episode and i forgot so i'll cover it right now in the time it took you guys to poke around and explore this this room, this training room that you guys were in, you can, if you so choose, uh, take the benefits of a short rest. So you can spend any hit dice you'd like, or if you have any other abilities that trigger on a short rest, you can go ahead and do them, like Marco's uh, Arcane Recovery or uh, anything like that. Woohoo! Okay, yeah, that Arcane Recovery is happening. I keep forgetting we're supposed to be getting hit, so I will not <laughs> use a short rest. Luck, luck Beak is fine <laughs> yeah but you got to make sure that they all take uh short rest so they have uh hit points to pump into you in case of an emergency <laughs> that's true i'll play mom i'll bring them soup while they're resting <laughs> all right okay um i'm at full health by the way nick cool cool so as uh marco and Ravnus were looking at this kind of shelf and desk over here where you found the the crystal and marco found the various other scrolls and the like uh you heard scratch over by the caved in um passageway forward uh something's happening and you hear a rumbling skittering sound coming from that passage and shortly thereafter you hear the same sound coming from the passage that you also came from the other way you have a moment before these creatures are upon you uh, is there anything you'd like to do to prepare? Uh, Ra- Ravnus, just make sure her sword is ready to go. Um, I do believe my mage armor's still up, is that right? Yes, it's up for eight hours. Okay, yeah, I thought so. Um, 
is there anything about the room? Like, I mean, I know last time I ended up accidentally, I think, stabbing Ravnus, wasn't it? Yeah, that happened. So I was trying to make sure that I had a decent <laughs> line of sight so I don't kill Ravnus. Oh, yeah, with the ice knife. Um, yeah. yeah, and you can actually see that the, the Warforged, um, uh, Harker, Lancer, uh, Scratch, and Dent are kind of like, kind of backing into the middle of the room and kind of like a loose phalanx-type maneuver, and they seem to be getting ready to fight as well. Yeah, I'll do the same. Uh, I'm going to look at uh, the ceiling and the walls around us for any sort of alternate escape methods. Uh, go ahead and make a perception check. Okay. Uh, 15. Um, yeah, as you look around, you see that the, like the ceiling and stuff, there's there's like cracks and crevices, but nothing that like any of you guys even you luckily could fit through. Okay. The passage ahead, which is the result of the wall caving in leading into the, the passage beyond, is pretty wide. So you do know that there are creatures coming at you from that way, but you don't know how heavy a stream they will be, if you will. Um the, it's definitely wider than the way you came from, which was a, a double doorway and more masoned passages that you traversed when you first came down here. Okay. Um, there's no – doesn't seem like there's any other ways out, but the way forward seems to be have more maneuverability, I guess. That's what you get okay. with the 15. All right. Um, yeah, Val and Scriv will kind of move to that position. Um, and actually, you hear um, – um, What's what 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 is happening? And you see that uh, Orella is starting to stir to consciousness. I was just about to ask how she was doing. <laughs> Forgot mm-hmm. she existed. <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, Marco would probably run up to like, uh, "We are in a dangerous situation. You need to come on. You need to get up." She's she's uh, currently still being held by Dent, dangling upside down. Uh, and Dent, upon seeing that she is now awake, he will say, "Oh, you are." Activated again. Here you go. And sets sets her down. <laughs> <laughs> and she kind of goes, ah, I am so confused, but all right. And she'll stand up and uh, kind of blearily kind of look around, suddenly taking her surroundings and now hearing the sounds of creatures imminently approaching. And as you guys take position, you see turning the corners coming from both directions is dozens of these small, skittering flesh creatures just as they approach. And I need everybody to roll for initiative. Eight. Nine. Nine. Ten, 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 ten. Twelve. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm like a good DM. I already rolled all the NPCs. Okay. So, um, so as these things are approaching, um, Scriv gets to go first. Let's see. I have these nifty stat block cards now. Yeah. Um, Scriv is going to kind of take a few steps forward to kind of meet the first wave of these creatures as they approach. And he's actually going to kind of open his jaw and a cracking boom emanates out from him and you can almost see like the ripple shock wave exudes out from him in 15 feet in front of him as he casts thunder wave and a bunch of the creatures need to make constitution save throws yeah so as they're approaching he takes out like almost like six of them at the same time 
actually every single creature within range actually just suddenly convulses and dies. Nice. <laughs> kind of like due to like the sudden like burst of sonic energy and like the the whistle of like the aftershock, they kind of like convulse and explode. So that'll be Scriv's turn. It'll be Val's turn. She's gonna step up and take a swipe at one. She's gonna hit it and kill it. And another attack is <laughs> critically miss. So actually, she's going to hit one and kill it, striking it through with her cutlass. And then as she pivots to strike at another, she gets blindsided and knocked prone um, by one of the creatures who lands on top of her and begins like, <laughs> uh, and she kind of like grunts in surprise. Uh, Marco, your turn. Okay, so uh, Nick, now, do these creatures look like they're generally in a line in front of us? Um, there is a large crowd of them coming from two directions at you, and there is definitely a line through that. So, I want to go bowling with a flaming sphere. Okay. So, um, so do you want to aim it towards the massive creatures coming from yeah. where you came from, or a head forward? I think for the start, I'm going to drop it like a head forward into just the biggest congestion of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can definitely do that. All right. Um, I haven't moved it yet. That takes a bonus action. So yeah, a bit, a, um, getting out the components and I cast a flaming sphere, drop it right into the center. So all the creatures mm -hmm. that are within a five foot, um, within five feet of it need to make a dexterity saving throw. Does that include Val or is this a different group? Uh, I'm going to try to drop it to a place where it does not include any of us. Yeah, no, you can do that. There's there there's enough of them scattering in from two different directions. Um, I Val Val kind of progressed towards the other way, mm -hmm. towards like the way you guys came from. Mm -hmm. Um, so Marco's kind of turning and tackling the the group that's approaching from your other flank. Um, what's the DC? Fourteen. Let's see. You're putting it right smack in the middle. So, uh, four fail to succeed. All right. Is it a half damage thing on a fail? It is a half damage, on a, a half damage on, a, on, a on a success. They all die. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you drop this flaming sphere, and almost immediately the the creatures that are in the immediate vicinity of it uh, immediately spark and burst into flame, and you smell the smell of burning flesh, and you hear them. <laughs> As they convulse and shrivel up and die. Crunchy. Yep. Is that Marco's new catchphrase? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like it. Mm, crunchy. It, it's, it, it's canon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ravnus, it's your turn. Okay. So, um, the, we've already hit them pretty hard going forward, but what about to the side? Has anyone done an AoE? That was where Marco dropped his flaming sphere on that side, but there are still plenty coming around the sides of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So is there anywhere where they're kind of like funneled in or like... Yeah, to either side of Marco's flaming sphere, because they're, they're moving around the fire, pushing up against the walls on either side. So you could step one side or the other to kind of block that area and stick it to them. Yeah, she is going to aim for one of the sides and... Uh, she picks kind of the closest one she can see within 120 feet 
or the farthest one rather that she can yeah. see within 120 feet. And uh, she's going to take her javelin and say the command word for it and yeet it right your at javelin. the farthest one. Yeah. Your javelin of lightning? My javelin of lightning. Okay. And um, everyone in the path has to make a deck save. Okay. Let's see. I'm just going to roll a couple times and extrapolate that out. Um, so uh, uh, two thirds of them fail. The other third succeeds. So how much damage? So it's 13 for the ones who failed and oh. halved, I think, rounding down would be six. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's still enough to kill all of them. So as you throw this javelin, it turns into a bolt of lightning and you just hear this thunderclap as lightning just and it just fries a row of them for probably about 70 or 80 feet as far as you can see before you hit the wall of this bending passage in front of you um, and just all of them convulse and collapse into steaming heaps. Now go ahead and make the attack roll for your target at the end of that line. Okay. They all collapse into big steaming piles. Uh, that is <laughs> Big steaming <A> piles. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that will hit. Okie dokie. So do I use uh, the lightning damage from the other attacks or no? No. So it is the javelin attack plus another 46 lightning. Okay. Ooh, that's really good. So that's 10 plus 12 plus 4 is it's really dead. <laughs> it's really dead. Yeah, uh, this javelin after transforming into a oh, bolt of lightning. 10 plus 12 plus 8, actually. So 30. It's just as dead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you throw the, the, the javelin and it transforms into this bolt of lightning and fries all of these creatures for the, the whole length of the line and then impales the last creature as it transforms back into a javelin it, with a final burst of electric energy, that creature just explodes. And through this channel of carnage, you just see your javelin just clatter to the ground in that spot. All right. I'm sure she'll get that back. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find out. Yep. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Oh, boy. Okay. Orella is kind of like her eyes still wide and still like processing the fuck is happening because this is the first time she's experiencing all of these things. Um, she is going to grasp her holy symbol of Celestian. And say, Celestian, protect us. And as she says that, you see glints of light begin forming all around you guys. Tiny, streaking, shooting stars and meteors. Just all around the entire group of you. And as these creatures advance and hit it, these little meteors just begin tearing into them. As she casts Spirit Guardians. So. So you guys kind of are in this, like, dome of meteors and shooting stars streaking around. All of the Warforged are going to go. Let's see. Harker is going to step up and take a swipe and miss. He gets another attack, though, and hits and strikes one down. Uh, Lancer is going to take a shot and miss. And second shot and hit. She kills that one. These these things are minions, if you couldn't tell. Uh, <laughs> they have one hit point. All right. 
Dent is going to swing his big fuck off um, gyroscope maul, and he's going to crit. So he just like bashes through three of them at the same time. That sounds right. And then uh, Scratch is going to leap forward with her daggers and hit one and kill it and pivot and hit the next one and kill it. So you, these things between all of this stuff, they begin piling up kind of in a circle around you guys between Orella's spirit guardians and everyone just kind of taking them out one at a time. Luckbeak, it's your turn. And you see that, that creature still on top of Val. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to use my bonus action to aim, and I think there's maybe even a split second of where where if you were really looking at Luckbeak in the comic version of uh, season two of Tales of the Void Fair, you can see <laughs> kind of like the flash of indecision in his eyes where he's like, you know, is she worth saving? Would she save me in this scenario? I've seen what mm-hmm. how she cares about her crew, but then he takes the shot anyway. So okay. uh well, that advantage. Is... I'd read the shit out of that uh, comic. Let's <laughs> let's do a twenty. Not natural. Not natural twenty, dirty twenty. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that, that definitely hits. Go ahead and roll okay. damage. Uh that is a two, and my sneak attacks are uh, do I get sneak attack for this? Uh yeah, you would. Okay. Two Val is technically as adjacent. She's as as adjacent to it as she can be. <laughs> uh two, three, and six <laughs> is eleven. Okay. Yeah, you put your crossbow bolt uh, right into its fleshy mass, and it goes limp on top of Val, and she kind of ugh, pushes it off of her, and she kind of shifts back to look back and see you standing there with your crossbow, and uh, she kind of just gives you a nod and okay. uh, a faint kind of smile. Sure. I, I play it fucking cool. I don't even do it. <laughs> <laughs> you blow the non-existent smoke off the end of your crossbow. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, you guys watch as both waves coming from the two passageways on either side of you hit the basically reach you guys in mass and suddenly just begin getting eviscerated by Orella's uh, spirit guardians. As minute, the minute they hit the boundary of it, these meteors, these streaking shooting stars whizzing all around you guys just eviscerate them like a blender. And strangely, after they both kind of collide and you guys are suddenly kind of showered in gross dragon flesh um the wave almost subsides and they pull back almost like the massive creatures is semi-intelligent and knows that this is a fruitless endeavor the mass on the one side shifts around kind of behind you guys blocking the direction in which you came and they begin piling up on one another assembling itself into something oh no I've seen enough Power Rangers to know where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) And you can just make out as these creatures begin piling in, filtering into its mass and coalescing, the vague form of a dragon. Four legs, these spindly, fleshy wings, an elongated neck with a weird misshapen head um, and tail, all still made of this mashed flesh, just kind of congealed into itself. 
and this thing is is large. It is probably from nose to tail like 15, 20 feet long. That's a big boy. Yeah. And its mass continues to bolst in as these creatures just begin. The the wave of creatures that were entering this room have now shifted and are just funneling themselves into this. So the creature is continuously growing in mass. Is there room around it out of curiosity or is it kind of clogging the whole hallway? Uh, it is It is mostly blocking that direction. Um, it does look like the way forward is less congested now as most of these creatures have now funneled around to join the mass of this large creature. It's like the DM wants you to go away. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it is now Scriv's turn. So uh, Scriv is going to kind of... Um, like back up slightly from his original position closer to the group and go, I- I've never seen anything quite like this. Captain uh, Val is going to look up and just say, just, just bloody kill it. Okay. So uh, Scriv, similarly to what he did last time, except he doesn't take any steps forward. He just kind of squares his shoulders towards the creature and his mouth kind of unhinges again, like it did last time. But instead of a, cacophonous blast is a high-pitched whistle that is almost it's not dissimilar from like the weird psionic whistle that you've heard before but this creature begins to convulse as it's almost like the sound is trying to pull it apart um as scriv cast shatter Mm. this this thing looks like a dragon right i mean it, what, what it is it is the vague shape of a dragon but okay. it is still made of the like misshapen like fleshy it's like it's like if somebody had like made a dragon out of play-doh but that play-doh was actually like flesh that okay. had been like it, it's it's a ground meat dragon got you yummy very it's it's actually very similar to the large creature from season three of stranger things uh okay. the <laughs> weird fleshy monstrosity got you so yeah, yeah, as this thing convulses, bits of it begin falling away and uh flying off of it as it can't stand the damaging, you know, tone of Scriv's attack. And I have to do a thing. Um Okay, so uh as Scriv's attack like begins sh- tearing it apart one of its large front legs just completely disintegrates away kind of falling or the flesh kind of falling and tearing off of it rendering one of its one of its arms completely gone um however you can see that as these smaller creatures begin still pushing into its body that limb is starting to regenerate already and now it is val's turn val's gonna use half her movement to stand and she is going to run up to the creature and swing her scimitar at it and hit. Yeah, so she's swiping with her scimitar and deals a pretty solid blow to it. Um, she actually uh, kind of leaps and runs her cutlass basically right through its head. And the whole body convulses and twitches. Um and kind of collapses on itself for a second but again it's like its form begins to still going but it definitely seems like it has been damaged or stunned in some way um and val will take another hit with advantage now because it's stunned and 
lops uh, another huge chunk off of it. Nice. Uh, and then Val will use the, the remainder of her movement to take a couple steps back into the safety of uh, Orella's um, spirit guardians. All right, Warforged are going to go. Um, they're kind of all four going to run up and take turns making attacks. Um, and they're all at advantage because the thing's stunned. So uh, Harker's going to actually cleave off one of its other arms. Uh, Lancer is going to put two arrows into it. Um, let's see. Dent is going to swing his maul and hit, knocking another huge chunk off of it. And Scratch is actually going to run up Dent's back and leap with her daggers and sink both of them into its back, sliding off the side, dragging her dagger across it. Um, as she eventually reaches the ground. And uh, you can see that huge chunks of it are being ripped apart and pulled off. It's like this form, it has no like skeleton. It's just being held together by these creatures holding themselves in a specific configuration. And it still seems stunned. But as these the Warforged kind of take a step back, uh, you see that its form is continuing to reconstitute itself, continuing to regenerate almost. And Marco, go ahead. So, yeah, mine is going to be pretty simple. I'm just uh, bowling for the Voidfarer still. So I'm just going to (laughs) take the Flaming Sphere and just ram it. Mm hmm. Now, there are still – you're going to ram it into the, the large mass. Now, there are still a lot of other little creatures running around, but they're pretty much being eviscerated by Arella's thing. But they are filtering into this large creature. Um, um, all right. If that's the case, um, how about instead of hitting the mass, which seems to be currently shimmying and shaking thanks to our boy um, – yeah, let's just roll the fucking, uh, I can roll it up to 30 feet, so I'm just gonna roll it around on the ground, just killing any of these fuckers that, uh, gets in the way. Sure thing. Even on a, uh, success, um, they still die, so you basically, as you just kind of drive it around, leaving this scorching trail as these things just, <laughs> and sizzle up, um, as your flaming bowling ball runs into them. So, what well, you're trying to kind of, like, encircle it to kind of, like slow down the creatures from yeah that is that is definitely correct sure is that okay. i was like okay so if they're gonna handle the giant mass i'll make sure it doesn't get any bigger and i'm just rolling it back and forth anything that gets in its way is unfortunately gonna <laughs> get uh squished sure now you could do that and you are you are succeeding you're just emulating anything that you're coming into contact but um the waves of creatures behind it are quickly filling the gap you're not stopping them from getting there but you're definitely slowing the pace probably yeah i get so. that ravenous okay um i am calculating something really fast um what is it you are calculating what save this creature would need to make um okie dokie so ravenous is going to um with when i'm using combat superiority I can declare that after I make the attack, correct? Uh, I think so. I'm pretty sure you can. Okay, so she's going to take out her sword and go up to the thing, the big scary monster. Mm -hmm. That is going to be a 21 to hit. It does hit. Um, You you have advantage because it's stunned, so if you want to check for a crit. Nope, it was close, okay. but I rolled a two. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, you still hit. 
Yeah, I hit. Um, so I am going to use a combat superiority die um, in addition to my great sword, and it needs to make a strength saving throw. Fourteen? Uh, no. So it is now prone. Okay. And uh, it also takes... Math is hard. Twelve damage. Okay. Yeah, it was already missing one of its legs. Uh, well, go ahead and roll, roll a d20 for me. Three. Three? Yeah. Yep. Uh, that That is appropriate. Yeah, so as you attack it, you just sweep one of uh, one of its other legs with your sword, lopping it off, and it collapses onto its uh, stomach, um, and it seems uh, it's prone, and it also seems like you've significantly reduced its movement even still on top of that. Yeah, so that's a thing. But again, you continue to see these creatures pile into it as the, the limbs begin to slowly regenerate back. Um, Luckbeak, it's your turn. Um... This thing is still stunned, correct? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, yep. uh, seeing as it's not fully blocking the hallway and I'm a small creature, uh, I'm going to see if I can sort of Midwest Ope by it um, and uh, get behind it. So that direction, um, there's also a ton of the other little creatures. I thought they were all funneling from that direction. directly into... To- into that, but they're all coming from like that direction. The the more clear route is the other way, which is forward into the cavern. This the that the one wave came from. Sure. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna yell. Um. Hey. Uh. We ain't gonna win this fight, y'all. We need to head out of here. It's regenerating as fast as we can hit it. And uh, I'm going to um. Um, I'm just going to bolt. I'm going to use double move. Sure. Absolutely. Now there are some little creatures, but you, um, they're, they're a lot thinner on this side and you can easily avoid them. Uh, let me actually pull up my map like a good DM. Mm. Um, I, I pretend, (laughs) (laughs) uh, maps. There we go. Um, yeah. So you, you get through the the caved-in opening that leads into the, the cavern beyond, and you see this 15-foot wide – or no, it's actually wider than that. It's like, um, it's like 20, 25 feet wide, uh, and, it, and it extends into darkness um, ahead of you and bends slightly to the right, probably a good another 40, 50 feet down. But as you get into here, you immediately notice on your left there appears to be a shrine. Oh. Um, you see an an alcove cut into the cavern wall now, and this is a like natural cavern compared to the more kind of carved out passages that you were above and um, previously. Sure. And in this alcove, you see a carved relief of a towering five-headed dragon. All of its heads grimacing down, snarling down at you basically from the angle that they are and you see um standing in front of this statue a stone altar and you can see that it is just scorched the top of it um soot covered and you can just make out um from here from being about 10 feet away like a basin like depression in the middle of the altar okay um 
And then the passage continues onward, curving off to the right, like I said before. Did, uh, did I hit this on my double move, or, or was this like, uh, whatever, 25 feet? This would be about 40 feet. This okay. is where you see this it. This is my double move. Okay, I'll hold the history check mm-hmm. till next uh, next action, then. So, well, you can dash as a bonus, um, which means you oh, still have shit, an action to use. Oh, shit, that's right. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. then I am going to... Uh, fuck, I feel like I'm... Almost like running in place, but something in my stupid little thief <laughs> brain is like, oh man, that looks old and valuable. Um, can uh-huh. I just kind of do a, a history check to to kind of like see if I can figure out what this was a sculpture of or a, a shrine uh, to? Uh, not history, but you can make religion. Sure. Okie dokie. Now, um, what's your normal speed? 25. 25. You do actually have 10 feet of movement, so you could move closer to it if you want, because you are about 10 feet away. If I do that, are you going to let me re-roll that die I just rolled? (laughs) The answer is no. No. Uh, No, I I got a seven, and therefore will not be moving closer. (laughs) Correct. Uh, uh, Fuck. Uh, Scary five-headed dragon. Yeah. Uh, It's not made Uh, of... It's just made of stone, right? It's it's carved out of stone. Hmm. Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah. That's my turn. Um, okay, that's your turn. So yeah, as as Luckbeak runs from the room saying that it's 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 regenerating as fast as 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 we can hurt it, uh the docent on uh Harker's chest is going to speak up and goes, Running analysis! As you guys almost watch as this thing begins to reform itself, growing, and its wounds are closing, its limbs are growing back, and it stands kind of back up and shakes the stun off as the as the wound in it, the middle of its head that Val put through, it closes. And uh, the docent says, can confirm it is reconstituting itself faster at a rate than we can reasonably deal damage to it. However, dealing significant damage to it does seem to hinder it in several ways. We could potentially stall or stun it if we continue to attack it. Uh, and Harker is going to speak up and says, Well, then let's try to move forward. We can maybe find the beacon and let's. we're just going to have to make sure we keep hitting this thing so it doesn't get its full strength. Um, and the others kind of turn. Val kind of looking at Harker will nod and says, all right, I think that's easier said than done, but I don't have any better ideas. And as this creature reconstitutes itself and shakes off its stun, it's actually its turn. It does. That's its whole turn. So it doesn't actually get to attack because you guys dealt enough damage to it. You prevented it from doing anything. So, yeah, Val is going to turn to Orella and Scriv and say, yes, follow Harker and the other forged. Let's keep moving forward, and we'll try to keep this thing at bay. Uh, Scriv is going to nod, and uh, he is going to he is going to turn to the creature and say, "You look like something a child would have created out of clay." And <laughs> make vicious mockery, uh, which does some damage, <laughs> but not enough to actually. Uh, hinder it in any way. And then Scriv is going to move in the direction that Luckbeak went. Val is going to step forward and take a swipe. Um, and she is going to hit it. Um, and uh, she's going to severely damage one of its legs, which seems to potentially slow it. Um, and then she's going to move um, the rest of her movement to kind of follow pursuit. Marco, it's your turn. Um, I think for now I'm going to still keep doing what I'm doing, which is roll that flaming sphere around and uh, try to stall as much as I can. Mm -hmm. So now that we're here um, and you kind of have a gist of the way this thing works, um, I will explain it to you on a meta level and then that may affect how you uh, do your actions. Okay. So 
Um, this thing does effectively have infinite hit points. Um, no amount of damage you will do to it will actually kill it. However, um, dealing above a certain threshold of damage, uh, you can roll a d20, and the result will determine whether you damage its leg, which halves its movement, removes one of its attacks from it, whether it's its claws or its mouth, or stuns it outright. Now, you can choose one of those three options with a called shot and make your attack at disadvantage. Okay. So, and that's if you're attacking it. So, at this point, are we just trying to slow this fucker down? That seems to be the plan. All right. Um, all right, sweet. Uh, cool. Can I retake my action with that knowledge? Yes, that's why I gave you that knowledge. Fair to say. All right. Um, hmm. All right, so yeah. Um, well, first off, I'm going to step like... 30 feet away, mm-hmm. uh, maintaining the uh, concentration on Flaming Sphere, and I'm just going to roll it into it. So it needs to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. 13. 13 is going to fail. Okay. So let's see here. Um, and it was 6. Okay. Go ahead and roll a d20. All right. 16. 16. Uh, yeah. You roll this thing into it, and uh, as it's lunging kind of forward to begin another round of offensive, and the flaming sphere burns right into its front arm, um, kind of shriveling uh, one of its claw attacks away. Sweet. Sweet, sweet, sweet. All right, yeah. I think that's about all I can do right now. Okay. Uh, So then it is uh, Aurelis' turn. She's going to maintain her spirit guardians, um, and she's going to say, I'm going to move backwards with Val. If you stay close to me, you will stay within the protection of the Far Wanderer. Um, she indicates to the, the whizzing meteors that are still flying around. And as she backs up towards Val, the, the threshold follows her, um, leaving the Warforged Ravnus. And Marco, you said you moved back? Yeah, um, I took the 30 feet step back as far as I could. Got it. Um, Got it. So, so yeah, uh, Ravnus and the Warforged are still up front, no longer in the protection of Orella's um, spirit guardians. So, uh, it's the Warforged turn. Harker is going to say, Scratch, Indent, continue to lay siege to this creature and uh, make sure it does not catch up. Lancer and I will forge on ahead. Ha. And, <laughs> <laughs> and see if we can find the beacon. And Scratch is going to say, you got it, boss. And uh, Scratch and Dent are going to attack the creature. Uh, Dent's going to go first with his gyroscopic mole. Um, That is going to hit. Deals enough. And he is going to take out its other front arm. So it's down two claw attacks. Um, Scratch is going to run up with her daggers. Attack. That's going to miss. Second attack. Ooh, worse. That's also going to miss. Alrighty. And then um, Harker and Lancer are going to head on forward. Ravnus, it's your turn. Okay. Um, so, so I can imagine this correctly. Is there a direction where we're not trying to go and I'm not pushing it into my allies that I could push it 15 feet? Yeah, um, pushing it away from where, where you are now um, is away from you guys and the way from where you need to go. It has put it's put itself behind the way you guys originally came to block you from going back. So you gotcha. can push it that way and, and be fine. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, 
I am going to attack it. Okay. Um, does a 17 hit? It does. Awesome. So then I'm going to use another combat superiority to do pushing attack. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Um, that is 20, and it needs to make a uh, strength save. It got a 24. Woof. Yeah. Okay, so it's not pushed away, but it does take 20 damage. Okay. Um, go ahead and roll d d20 for me. Uh, that's another three. Another three? Um, yeah, you hit your attack hits its back leg, damaging its other leg. So its its speed is now zero until the end of its next turn. So it will not be advancing on its turn. All right. And she's going to use her move to skedaddle back with everyone else. It will take attack of opportunity with its mouth, which is still functioning. Munch. Munch. That is going to be a 25 to hit. <laughs> yep. You take 15 piercing Jesus. damage. Ouch. Yeah, as its as its fleshy mouth lands on you and it's the the shards of bone and claws that are kind of been formed into teeth for is the that purposes a of melee its attack? creatures. It is a melee attack. Okay. So I do have a combat superiority thing that is a reaction. Sure. Would I be able to do that? Uh yeah, you totally could. Okay. So then Plus my decks would be okay. So it doesn't hit me for quite that much. I get an additional five back. Okay, yeah, that's definitely helpful then. Uh, and Ravnus, you move back into the the range of Orella's spirit guardians. Nice. So uh, Luckbeak, it's your turn. You are standing ten feet away from this altar to this five headed dragon statue. It doesn't resemble the thing that's chasing us, does it? No, it only has one no. head. Yeah, it only has one head. It is definitely draconic in shape, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it it only has one head. God, I just want to be- This thing clearly has five. I want to be big damn hero here, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, it's got It's got an indent, you said, over there? Yeah, there's an indent, like a basin carved into the top of the altar. Can I tell if it's, without moving closer to it, if it's like a spherical indentation or some sort of like shape? It's hard to tell from here. Oh, fuck. All right. I'm using my 10 feet of my movement to move up. (laughs) 10 feet of your movement. Yeah, you move up. Uh, It's not a total sphere, but it is like definitely a uh, bowl-shaped indentation. And uh, you can see that the interior of this basin is scorched like the whole top of this stone slab. Mm -hmm. And you can just make out um, little uh, melted deformed bits of gold. Um, like a handful of deformed bits of gold in the basin. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to look back. Nobody's following me. I'm going to look back to this thing. You do see your companions starting to work their way this way, but they're still like a good 20, 30 feet behind you. Okay. Um, I've got time. Um, let me put, uh, I'm going to put 10 GP in the little bowl. Uh, and just see if anything happens. I have a feeling I need to melt this, but I'm just curious. Takes money to make money. Oh. Okay. You put 10 GP in the bull, and immediately the central head of the dragon, you see its eyes glow this orange yellow, and then suddenly there's a torrent of flame comes out of its mouth, and I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Fuck this. <laughs> 
you just got paid to get your ass kicked. Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, let's see. That's a six. A six? Yeah. Oof. Alrighty then. You uh you take uh ten fire damage. Oh my god. Okay. Uh do, Ouch. do you have um evasion yet as a rogue? Uh I do not. That's level seven. Oh oh wow, that's up there then. Yeah. Um okay, yeah, you take ten fire damage. Christ. Okay. Um <laughs> Um, <laughs> what was that about Luckbeak never getting hit? Yep, you got it. About half my HP. You taunt, you taunt the gods. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, uh, I'm going to scream, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I'm going to run five feet. Then look back. Is my gold melted? Your gold is in fact melted. Fuck. Um, <laughs> Okay, then I'm just gonna uh, keep running. <laughs> um, oh, okay, you did me dirty. Uh, <laughs> so I I can get ten more feet down. Uh, Luckbeak, you can't see, but I want Ravnus and Marco to make me insight checks. That is a Eleven. seventeen, Nick. Okay, Ravnus, you're not sure. Like you hear Luckbeak scream from the <laughs> from the chamber ahead, uh, and and. And Marco, you hear it too, but almost in response, the this this dragon-shaped flesh creature looks in that direction and kind of cocks its head. Oh, no. But that's all you notice. Okay, well, all right, I'll, I'll take it on my turn. Got it. All right. Uh, it is this thing's turn. It is going to move forward. Uh, oh, no, it can't move. All right. Yeah, its speed is zero, so it like tries to move and it struggles, uh, and no one's in range of its attacks because even a scratch and dent move back, and it's gonna kind of move its head and then open its mouth. It almost looks like it's taking a breath, and then opens its mouth and almost like you would expect fire or a breath weapon to come out, but instead you hear this high pitched psionic scream, like you've heard these small creatures give off, and I need. Um, everybody except Luckbeak, yeah, everyone except Luckbeak to make, uh, intelligence saving throw. That's pretty good. That's a 16. 16? 15. Okay. So, yeah, Marco, you take seven points of psychic damage. Ow. Uh, and Ravnus, I'm sorry, what did you say? 16. 16, you also take seven points of psychic damage. Oof. Yeah, Val claps her hands to her ears instinctively. Orella is fine. Uh, I mean, they, everyone's taking damage, but it's it's to varying degrees. Dent takes a lot. Scratch seems to take half. Harker takes half. Lancer takes all of it. Scriv takes all of it. So, Luckbeak, you scream and move away from the fire, and then you hear all of your companions scream in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. And you see this creature begin to... Its its legs grow back, its claws grow back, um, and it uh, repositions itself as more of these little skittering creatures pile into its form, and it reconstitutes itself. Hmm. Val is going to say, perhaps we should make a run for it. We can see what's in the next room and better fortify ourselves to fight this thing there. Harker and uh, Lancer are already like basically running to do that. And uh, Scriv says, that does sound like a logical plan. And Scriv and Val are both going to dart down the hallway towards Luckbeak. Uh, Orella will nod and say, yes, Captain, and start moving as well. 
taking her spirit guardians with her. Marco? Um, all right, yeah, I'm going to move back 30 along with the other three um, and keep in the flaming sphere, roll back and roll back into it. Okay. Uh, so it makes a save. Uh, deck save? That is correct. It only got a 10. It fails. Uh, okay, I rolled a five on the first one, so it is at least okay, five. Okay, so it... Okay, then roll a d20 for me. By the way, I have uh, five more rounds of this thing being up. Okay. Um, and that would be a 12. A 12. That means... Okay, yeah, uh, you take one of its uh, one of its claws off, like one of its uh, forearms mm-hmm. away, one of its attacks. And then are you... You're, you're continuing to move? Yeah, I'm moving back as far as I can while still doing this, so I use my bonus action, so it's 30 feet. Okay. Um, all right. Um, I guess is Luckbeak in the direction of where we're going? Correct. Okay, just making yes. sure. If he wasn't, I was going to scream at him to come on, but... <laughs> okay, good. No, don't worry. Luckbeak is way ahead of you guys. <laughs> he knows what's up. Okay, yeah. Uh, Harker and Lancer are going to get to where basically where Luckbeak is, having now caught up with him since he was fiddling with the the shrine. Scratch and Dent are going to follow their previous orders and attack the thing. Dent is going to miss that time. Scratch is going to miss her first attack and hit her second attack. Ooh, not enough damage, though. So they, they lit, you know, are attacking this thing and then going to move their movement back, just kind of being rear guard. All right, Ravnus. Okay, so there's this really cool thing on my character sheet where I can heal myself, apparently. So um, as my bonus action, I'm going to do that. Is that second wind? Yeah. Yeah, And Yeah, it's so cool. It happens when you read your character sheet. <laughs> um, and I am going to regain uh, 13 hit points. Okay. And feel a lot better. Okay. Um. And then there's nothing like close enough for me to really attack with a melee attack, is there? Yeah, you could probably reach one of the small skittering things if you really wanted to, but you're not sure how effective that would be in the long run. The small skittering things mostly seem to be focused on just piling into this large creature more than actually threatening you guys. Yeah, I'm just going to keep moving then with everyone else. Okay. Yeah, you can do that and keep pace with everyone else, getting back into Orella's protective uh, guardians. Uh, Luckbeak, Harker and Lancer have caught up to you, and uh, they pushing onward, um, not not really stopping to regard you a whole lot. Uh, what you gonna do? I mean, I I don't see any other option but to keep moving for me. Okay, so you continue forward, and you are faster than they are. Um, so you actually push forward into the next chamber. Okay. Y- you see this large cavernous room. This is undoubtedly the vault of this Githyanki vault, uh, the actual chamber itself. Um, large natural cavern. You can see on the far end, there is another large opening that st- extends further into darkness and seems to be grading upward as well. You can imagine that that might be the exit that you that was speculated to be down here. Mm-hmm. Um, in the center of this chamber, you see there's an indentation into the ground um, that is smooth uh, and stonemasoned, and you can just make out old carvings all the way around it into this like s- like recessed circular stone slab. 
you can see bits of treasure left here and there, but for the most part, you can get the impression that this chamber was once much way more full than it is right now. It seems that the only things that are left behind were the handful of gold or art piece or molded tapestry here or there um, that got left behind from whoever actually vacated this place. Right. Um, One more feature of note, um, and perhaps burying the lead a little bit, you see a gargantuan dragon skeleton wrapped around the back side of this, basically filling the back half of this chamber. Um, Its skeleton itself seems to be cracked and shattered and splintered in many places, and its massive skull is facing you, its mouth agape, uh, many of its teeth still there. However, you almost get the weird impression that it's open in less of a ferocious roar and more of an agonizing scream. And out of the top of its skull, the the bone plates shattered, you see this swollen, enlarged, pulsating brain. Tasty. (laughs) With veins kind of rippling out, going down, and kind of round the outside of the dragon's skull. This is undoubtedly the brain of the dragon that died here, and you would surmise the thing that's controlling all of these creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone, Nick Urasiva here, your super sick dungeon master. Seemed to caught a bit of the con plague at C2E2 this past weekend, so if you're wondering why I sound like a froghemoth, that is why. Shout out to all the awesome people Tanner and I got to meet in Chicago over the weekend, and the cool podcasters we met at the meetup. Thanks so much to listening to Chapter 2, Episode 8 of Tales of the Voidfarer. This is actually the penultimate episode of this second chapter. As always, if you like what you're hearing, you should hit us up on our social media at Voidfarer Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and at Voidfarer Pod on Twitter. Also, leave us a review on iTunes. That lets us and others know what you think and helps new nerds find the show. We have merch now. Check out the variety of designs inspired by our space fantasy hijinks on the Project Derailed Redbubble store at bit.ly slash derailed shop. Get Ravnus, Luckbeak, and Marco Threat Analysis shirts, our all-over-print purple Starscape shirt with the Voidfarer logo, or even a bright pink basic gith tank top for you basic gith out there. Lastly, let's talk about Wave. Wave, with two Vs, is a tool great for converting audio clips from your podcast into social media-friendly video, perfect for any platform. Upload art, add a waveform, and even generate subtitles. If you use our affiliate link, bit.ly slash wavefarer, to then sign up for a plan, you'll also be supporting our show. Link in the show notes. Lastly, as always, shout out to Tom Goldthwaite for our original music and additional music provided by purple-planet.com. Now, back to the show. Um, boy, okay. Um, I'm going to... First up, I'm going to. Who's with me, Scratch and Dent? Uh, no, it's uh, it's Harker and Lancer, Harker and they're probably like 20, 20, 30 feet behind you now. They got up to just past you, and then with your movement, you blew right past sure. them. Sure. Um, so I'm going to look up at this thing, and I'm going to go ahead and um, 
Send a message to it, because I have message. Now listen. We ain't here to hurt you. So, if you're scared, or you're panicked, it's somebody else what done did that to you, not us. So calm down, and we can help you. Okay. So, yeah. And you see that this thing, as as you cast a message and hit it, you're probably, like, 50 feet away from it still. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you point at it and cast a message and the thing kind of, the brain kind of convulses and twitches slightly. Mm-hmm. And then you hear the reply in your, in your brain. You dare stumble across Nipirax Slayer. <laughs> You're just like all of them. You just want to force us into servitude. You will pay. You will pay. I don't know what you think happened here. But you're already forced into servitude. Wasn't by us. But you're just saying that aloud. I mean, well, yeah, I can't cast. Fuck. You can't. Yep, cast yep it's not a conversation. Um, you you may get the impression you may be able to communicate normally if you got closer to. Oh, okie dokie. Then uh, I'll use whatever movement I have left to get uh so scary close to it. Um, to uh, yeah. Massage that brain. You probably you can use your bonus to get yeah. another uh, twenty five feet closer. Sure. Um, not quite closer. Sure. Enough, so you might have I'm to a, on your next turn. I'm gonna yell behind me like to the forge, like, "Don't touch the indentation. You'll get real hurt real bad." And actually, as you get up to this point, yeah. um, you can kind of see past some of the the rock kind of features of this chamber and some of the meager piles of treasure laying around and um you can see adjacent to that circle the body of a forged and their metal plates have been completely torn into not unlike you've seen the ship outside and other forged bodies laying around and you see a device laying in front of them beyond their body um that is probably about two or three feet long Mm -hmm. uh kind of cylindrical uh in shape and about maybe a foot to 18 inches in diameter oh some sort of magitech device okay okay oh i can't interact with any of this but got it no that's it's just what you see when you get to this point um, at the end of your turn. Perfect. Okay. Then it is now the big creature's turn. It is slowed, um, but not completely. And it is going to step forward and attack Dent with one of its claws. And it just crit. Oh, no. <laughs> so that is going to be 18 damage to Dent. But he looks pretty beefy, so not too bad. And then uh, one of its arms has been sundered, so it's going to attack with its mouth on Scratch. And miss. Yay. Okay. So now it is Scribb's turn. Scribb's going to continue running. Val's going to continue running. Aurella's going to continue running. And they all enter this room um, right behind Harker and Lancer. Then Scratch and Dent are going to each make an attack, and then they're going to follow. Let's see. Dent's going to hit. And... He's going to take out one of its arms. Uh, Scratch is going to attack and miss. And wow, miss. Okay. And then they're going to continue moving as well. So they're they're falling behind a little bit, but they're still making some progress. So Marco, it is now your turn. Um, am I with uh, Scratch and Din at this point? Uh, no, you're still ahead of them a little bit. Okay, that's what I thought. So um, I guess same thing as Scratch and Dent though. Uh, first off, back up. 
ram the fucking fireball into it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so deck saving throw. Okay. That's going to be a fail. Seven. All right. That is an eight on the d20 roll. Okay. Yeah. So you are taking out uh, one of its legs. So you have its speed. All right. Um, and other than that, backing up 30 feet. Okay. So yeah, you're staying just a little bit paced in front of them, but you know, still a slower pace than the rest. Now it's Ravnus's turn. Yeah. Ravnus keeps hauling ass. Okay. Yeah, you're keeping up with the rest. You get into this chamber. You run past a shrine that you recognize uh, as a shrine to Tiamat. It's still kind of smoking, and you see that the the altar is scorched. You just keep running by, or- Can you repeat that last part? Uh, You see that the the altar is freshly scorched, and you can see that smoke is still rising off of it. Um. So she didn't see what happened with Luckbeak nope. versus the altar. Okay, she's going to keep an eye on it, but also like keep running. Yeah, so you're going to run right by because the chamber can... Uh, it is, it's like in the inset into the side of this corridor. So you just kind of run past it into the chamber beyond. And then you right. see this large chamber um, that, that seemed to house a bunch of treasure that is now long since picked over, um, with the exceptions of the, the leftovers, basically. And then this massive dragon skeleton with this pulsating brain that has kind of burst out of its skull. All right. You're just using all your movement for your turn? Yep. Okay. Yeah, you get there right on the heels of everyone else. Luckbeak, we're back to you. That was quick. Um, I'm going to um, I'm gonna inspect the rod. The the device? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's still a ways off because it's over by the, the pit. Okay. Um, that's in the direction of the dragon. So the skull is now like 30 feet in front of mm-hmm. you. And then the pit is, like, kind of a 45-degree angle to your right and, like, 50 feet away. Okay. So you'd be moving, like, past the skull to get to it. Right. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to talk to the skull as I slowly kind of walk around. I think it's better to be cool and calm than to freak it out, um, even mm-hmm. though it seems pretty freaked out. I'm going to say to it in common... Um, so as you get within 10 sure. feet, you can kind of feel the psionic connection. Oh, I see. Ah, there you are. Um, what do you say to it? I say, uh, we're not trying to put you into any sort of indentured servitude. You're already serving somebody. All the, I don't know who was running experiments down here, whether it was the Gith or Mind Flayers or what, but we ain't your enemies. If I wanted to right now, I could... I can mess you up, but I ain't doing that, am I? Make a persuasion check. Okay. Sure, there's a 25. Years of servitude for nothing. Years of being denied the ability to age. Letting the gith ride my backs. You say you're different. I have yet to see a reason why. What have you seen, period? You've been trying to kill us with that... That that gross uh, thing that you're chasing us with, that is... Words, words, empty words, they spat empty words as well. It, it seems like it's it's less hostile, like it's, it's, it's willing to continue the conversation, but uh, you haven't won it over yet. It'll take a little bit more than a single roll to do that, but it, it's definitely willing to continue to converse in the- can i ask a question i i probably don't have any more actions this turn but can i ask a question mm-hmm. um yeah can i 
this is something that my character would know or not know, not try to like uh, figure out about the situation. Can I roll a medicine check to try and figure out how much Luckbeak knows about brains? <laughs> sure. Okay. Specifically, I want to know uh, wh- where the pleasure center of the brain is. Oh my god. <laughs> Luckbeak, please. Uh, <laughs> I got a 13. 13? Yeah. Uh, you do not know. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll figure um, it out. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. No, you, you have no idea. Okay. Um, somewhere in there, you imagine. Okay, cool. If you feel around long enough. You kind of sure speculate that even it. if you knew where like the pleasure center of a humanoid brain was, right. it wouldn't necessarily correlate one-to-one to a dragon brain, let alone a swollen, deformed, mutated dragon brain. Sure. Okay. Um, so. Eh. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's see. Um, the creature's speed is halved, so it's going to still move 20 feet, which is not quite within range of Scratch and Dent. Um, so it's going to see if it gets its thing back, and it does not. Um, so so it's going to use its action to dash and move another 20 feet, um, which does put it up on top of Scratch and Dent. But that's it. It's actually going to move slightly past them. Oh. <laughs> but you guys can't really see that. You can kind of, like, vaguely hear what's going on down the corridor behind you guys. Um, okay. So Scriv, um, Scriv Valinorella, um, are going to run into the chamber and, um, uh, kind of, uh, see everything for the first time. And Val's going to go, what the actual fuck? Um, and turn to Harker and goes, all right, uh, you seem to be calling the shots. What now? And Harker is going to say, I'm going to the beacon and starting to set it up. It is imperative that we get that beacon established before we make our retreat. And Val nods and goes, and that looks like our exit. And she nods to the the tunnel on the other side of the chamber. So Val now standing in the middle of this chamber with Orella and Scriv is now going to kind of post up and turning back to the corridor, almost waiting for this creature to come. Seemingly taking the stance of we're going to try and slow this thing down until shit gets set up. Um, Marco. All right. Um, so this thing has now moved past uh, the others, right? Uh, it has moved past Scratch and Dent. That's what I thought. But it has not uh, not caught up with you guys yet. Okay. Um, it is it is closer to you because you're kind of the end of the rest of the pack. Um, but it's still probably 20 feet behind you. All right. Um, is it going to seem to want to attack? I mean, it ran straight past Scratch and Dent, so... It- well, it didn't look like it had any attacks it could do this round. Okay. Um, it seemed it seemed to sacrifice its attacks to get some extra movement. Okay. Um, all right. So um, rational choices. Stick with the plan I had before. 30 feet back. Ram it with the flaming sphere. Deck save. Okay. Fail. Uh. Two. All right, that is a five total. That's a, that's enough. Go and roll a d20. That's a one. A one. Uh, yeah, you, you hit it in the leg and slow it again. All right. Um, so 30 feet. Am I about at the door with the fucking brain? Uh, yes, with your 30 feet of movement, you get inside and you kind of see this entire chamber. I look over at Luckbeak. I look at the brain. I look at the dragon. And I'm just like, 
You know, that is like the sixth weirdest thing I've seen today. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, go ahead and make a perception check for me. All right. That would be an 18. Yeah, you can see this indentation in the ground in the center of the chamber, um, this circular stone slab that is inset deeper down, and you can make out uh, some faded etched sigils and markings all around it. Um, And you can see that there is a dead forge right next to it and some sort of Magitek device laying in front of it over by that circular slab. And uh, this is the end of your turn, right? Uh, yeah, may I make an arcana check before the end of it just to get an idea of that thing? You you can't make out the details. You can just see that there is etchings and there there are some sort of sigils etched there. But you you would need to get closer to identify what they are. Oh, all right, that's how I'm going to die. So cool. <laughs> Come back next time. Yeah, you can't. You can skirt around the outside of the chamber to keep a distance, a good distance away from the brain, mm-hmm. um, if you wanted, making keeping like a, probably a good thirty feet away from it, um, all the way around. But uh, but yeah, and as as you kind of notice that, you see Harker is going to see the forge there with the device and say, keep holding that thing at bay. I'm going to set up the beacon and he's going to run towards the device and get to it and set it up. Mm. Um, and he begins uh, fiddling with it. And um, anyone who would like to can make an insight check. That's an 18. 11. 18. 12. 11. Okay. Uh, 12 is, in fact, the DC. Um, Luckbeak, you're a little confused because you're having a conversation with a big pulsating brain. <laughs> sure. Uh, a little distracted, rather. Um, Ravnus and Marco, from this distance, you can see that as uh, Herker sets up the device, he kind of hesitates slightly and kind of scratches his metal head a little bit. And you get the distinct impression he has never done that before. He's never worked the beacon before. Uh-oh. And and you watch as he kind of hits a couple things and some panels open up and components come out. And he begins kind of like looking through the stuff and setting stuff on the ground. It looks like there's like more of a ritual component to it than an actual like flip a switch. And uh, he looks like he's going to try his best. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So he starts working on that. Lancer is going to. Hmm. I'm going to make a quick insight check. Nope, sure isn't. Lancer, without even thinking about it, is going to knock an arrow and actually fire it at the brain. Uh, And yep, it whizzes right by Luckbeak. But it actually shatters off of an invisible force field that's about five feet away from the brain itself. And the brain doesn't actually even seem to react hardly at all. And uh, Lancer is going to say, hmm, curious. Yeah. Scratch and Dent are going to try to attack this thing. Ooh, Dent misses. Scratch misses. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, no. Scratch missed again. I rolled an eight, a four, and a three. (laughs) All right, so they they're just whiffing, and then they kind of move around this thing. And, they were all uh, trying to attack the the skeleton, Nick. Not the skeleton, the the creature, and gotcha. that's working its way towards this chamber. They're still back there fighting gotcha. with that, and um, they're actually going to move around it and continue moving as far away from it as they can. It's going to take a swipe at Scratch, um, and hit, and she's going to take eleven slashing damage. Yeah, and you just hear a distinct cry from down the corner. Ow, that really smarts! <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Ravnus. 
you're in this chamber. Um, Valorella and Scriv have kind of posted up, waiting for this creature to get in here to start holding it off. Um, you see uh, Herker attempting to set up this beacon ritual looking thing. Luckbeak's talking to the brain. Marco seems to be trying to work his way over towards Harker. All good stuff. Um, <laughs> Lots going on. <laughs> yeah. Let me see how smart Ravnus is really fast. Um, Ooh, place your bets at home. <laughs> yeah. She's she's decently smart. Um, she So she sees Marco going over to uh, help with the stuff, so she's probably going to Leave that be. Um, she is going to go over to Luckbeak towards the brain, and she's not going to do anything, but if shit starts going sideways, she's going to prepare an attack. So you step up next to Luckbeak? Yeah. Okay. You get within ten feet of this brain, and the brain goes, <sighs> The door speaks of difference, yet you have a get Yankee in your midst! Lies! I knew it lies from the beginning. Well, fuck. And uh, this was probably the signal she was looking for. <laughs> um, <laughs> does it? And does you, it hear, try you hear that in your brain as soon as you step within ten feet. Okay. Um, she. Well, she hasn't heard any of the conversation, right? No, it's all been it's all been in in mental between the brain and Luckbeak. Um. Does luck beak or anyone interject? If I get a minute, uh, I'm, I'm going to say, uh, now, Ravnus, don't. This thing could really hurt us. Don't touch it. There's a force field up anyway. Um, oh, how much does she trust luck beak? Um, Implicitly, with her life. <laughs> <laughs> she is going to look at Luckbeak and um, set her sword on the ground and just stand back up unarmed. Okay. Ravnus, go ahead and make a persuasion check. Ooh. Or actually, so, alright, let me let me actually explain. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm going to say, I'm going to explain her, how this is going to work. resting bitch face gets her in trouble. <laughs> I, will, I will let you make whatever kind of check you'd like. So what this is, actually, is the negotiation uh, with this thing is a skill challenge. You have to meet okay. a number of successes using any skill you would like, so long as you can describe how it is helpful. You know, I'll set the DC based on how likely it is. So acrobatics, because uh, she does a cool backflip <laughs> to convince now, it. Now, I will say this ahead of time as well, just to cover the skill challenge thing altogether. Um, helping Harker with the beacon will also be its own skill challenge. So anyone going over there to help can help with any skill that they would like, so long as they can rationalize how it helps. And you are trying to meet a certain number of successes over there as well. So, Ravnus, you're laying down your sword. Um, oh, and I, I should add, um, using the same kind of skill checks, um, multiple of the same, will increase the DC automatically. Oh, cool. So you may you're setting down your sword. You can attempt um, um, whichever kind of skill check you'd like uh, to attempt with the negotiation with this brain creature. Shit. Um, and I mean, if you just want to do persuasion, um, that's fine. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, the DC hasn't been bumped that much. I think I'm going to have to because I can't think of another thing mm -hmm. that would really apply to it because she's not oh. trying to like intimidate it. Clearly, right. Um, 
She could medicine it, healing the mind, <laughs> healing those wounds between the Githyanki <laughs> and the dragons. I mean, if you want to try. <laughs> um, that might okay, that might so require you to say, say something. I, I don't think that any other would really apply other than uh, perception. Or not perception, persuasion. Okay. That's pretty good, though. Um... That is a 17. Okay. All right. Um, the brain says, gestures are more powerful than words. Yes. But I am not yet convinced. Okay. So uh, that is Ravnus' turn. Luckbeak. Um, so, oh boy. Uh, I'm going to say, um, um, you know, this gith came here to steal from the other gith. She's not like them. <laughs> she just wants to fuck him over as bad as you do. You know that. Listen, we are here to help. I'm I'm 100% lying. We're not here to help. We're here to steal as well, but um okay. So you want to roll deception? Yeah, I'm going to roll deception. Okay. There's a dirty 20. Dirty 20? Okay. Um help. What kind of help can you provide me? I've been here tormented for what feels like a millennia. No, uh, it's, it doesn't, it seems to believe you, but it's still like kind of confused on the situation. Sure. So. Yeah, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, no kidding. You're a, a brain in, in a, <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be able to do anything on your own. You're going to need some help to get out of here. Or, or a brain. Is that what I've been reduced to? I was once a noble dragon, a servant of Tiamat. Sure, you know what? And I finally got my horse before I was accosted by an invisible foe. I, I use that, would it surprise you to know that I was once considered very beautiful pickup line all the time in bars. It, it don't work as well as you think it does. Here's the thing. How long you been here? Of course you're going to be a skeleton with a brain in it. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, now moving I, on. I do have a disguise we'll, we'll, kit. We'll okay, I'm going to put a mustache on him next turn. That might help <laughs> Might help him feel more more regular. Fucking hell. Um, all right. It is the, the flesh creature's turn. Um, it is going to move forward and um, attack. It is going uh, and it is now like as as Dent and Scratch are now like in the entrance of this chamber. It's going to just kind of move itself up to there. Um, kind of dragging because it's one back leg did get damaged la uh, last round, but it is still continuing to reconstitute itself. Um, it is going to um, – it does have all of its attacks this round. So it's going to attack Scratch. That's going to hit. Scratch takes 11 points of damage. It's going to hit with its other claw. That's also going to hit. Scratch takes another 11 points of damage. And then lastly, it's Bite. And that also hits. And Scratch gets knocked unconscious. No, not Scratch. Uh, as this thing just lunges forward, putting its mouth like over her like shoulder and neck. And you see like her metal plates kind of crunch a little bit. Uh, and she just goes, oh, this is unpleasant. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap now. And she just collapses. <laughs> and Dent is just going to go, 
No, Scratch! You will pay for this large, gross beast. Um, but it's not his turn. So, uh, it is Scribs' turn. Scribs actually going to healing word, Scratch. <laughs> Let's see. Scribs is going to point at Scratch and says, A wanderer explores the sun's glory. Shall not the moons dwell on the void of divine peoples? And eternity parlays with well-deserved fairy lights. And the lights in uh, Scratch's eyes that went momentarily dim flare back up. And she says, I don't know what that means, but it sure does feel nice. (laughs) (laughs) Same. I feel it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Orella is keeping her, her spirit guardians up still. Val is going to kind of look back to the rest and goes, how's it going back there? Um, still holding her defensive position. About as well as you'd expect it to be. Okay. Uh, Marco, it's your turn. All right. Um, I'm going to run over and try to help Harker. Okay. So Harker is uh, disassembling this, uh, this beacon and there are like tiny little like sub beacons that he's like kind of setting out in a circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see that there is like arcane etchings uh, kind of on everything. And there's like kind of crystal inlays on the inside of this, this beacon now that the like bits of the plates are kind of open and being removed. It looks very similar to Phlogisterite, to Cinder Shard, um, but uh, it is not the same color. Okay. How would you like to help? Hmm. Well, first off, I would like to make an Arcana check to kind of get a better idea of what's going on here. Sure. That Arcana check could be your check to help. All right. Um, it, as part of the skill challenge. That is fair. So go ahead and roll. 25. 25, holy hell. <laughs> so, yeah, as you kind of um, kind of like look all this stuff over, um, the arcane sigils are, are nothing that you haven't seen before, actually, as 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 foreign as this as this device seems to be the the arcane sigils etched into them are your standard schools of magic, um, especially magic that you're familiar with conjuration. Oh, which you would know, uh, which you would know is the school of magic involved with bringing things from the other planes or creating portals to the other planes and the like. So you see it and you're like, oh, I know this stuff. I did my thesis on this stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, Stand um, back, Parker. and I did a thesis on this once. <laughs> I got an A minus on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh harker's gonna say oh uh, uh by all means uh and kind of gesture to you and he's still kind of like putting things where he thinks needs to go and you kind of reach and, and correct him uh in a couple places um but you definitely are feeling the groove and definitely feel comfortable with figuring out how this thing needs to work and making sure it gets put into place um all right and uh okay uh, Herker is going to make an attempt uh, to set it up as well. Um, uh, he, let's see, he's going to attempt with his, um, I guess, perception. He's going to be like looking around for like the parts that he needs and making sure, kind of standing back and eyeballing where it needs to go. Um, and uh, uh, and he does in fact succeed. Um, he's stepping back. Uh, that needs to go over there, and that needs to line up with that, and uh, helps you get it into place. Scratch is going to stand up uh, and attack this thing, and miss, and miss. Dent is going to scream and, in a rage, attack uh, and hit, and is going to oof. He's going to stun it. 
he smacks it square in the head and the whole thing convulses uh, and staggers backwards. Nice. Ravnus, you are standing in front of this brain. Yeah. Um, she She's going to have to use deception here, I think. Okay. And um but first she's going to ask it, do you feel that killing us will allow you to take your revenge? I have fought too hard too hard to gain my horde, too hard to gain my lair, and I finally have it. You will not encroach upon it. You will not defile what is mine. And you can interpret that however you'd like. <laughs> yeah. Um so, okay, I'm, I'm going to clarify with you what she knows so far. So they've been seeing these visions mm-hmm. of the Gith Yankee fighting a dragon, correct? Uh, well, they – you've been seeing visions of a dragon being ridden by Gith Yankee and serving the Gith Yankee, but, like, having problems with it, kind of arguing with a superior dragon about it, um, and basically not being satisfied with this arrangement. And then you saw a vision of the dragon taking over this fortress and killing Gith Yankee to uh, obtain its horde. Um, and then you saw a vision of it being attacked by – some unseen psionic force. Okay. Um, she is going to say to it, um, you shouldn't make this place of trauma your lair. And she is going to try to, um, I think she's going to try deception that. Cause I don't think she actually believes that. Uh, I mean, if you're trying to use deception, you can always try to say there are far better places for a lair just nearby. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so then she'll say, um, there are better places that you can find without nearly as much difficulty as this place. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead and roll deception. That's a natural 20. Holy fuck! Yeah. Um, okay. For a 21. Okay. Uh, it goes, wait, there is nearby. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, I can search. I looked for a while, I didn't find any, but... Perhaps I missed it. Perhaps I missed it. Yes, yes, I will take flight immediately. And, uh, which is insane to you because this this dragon is no longer a dragon. Uh, but you kind of see behind you the stunned flesh monster collapses into a bunch of the tiny skittering creatures. And they all skitter back to the dragon's skeleton and begin kind of like climbing up onto the dragon skeleton and onto its wings. And you see the wings begin to like shudder slightly. He goes, yes, yes, I will fly. I will fly through this other lair. I will find it. It will be mine and I will have a great horde. Um, This thing is insane. (laughs) And uh, you appear to have convinced it to try to find another lair despite not actually being able to with your natural 20 and that has eliminated the threat as it stands right now um so uh that we're effectively out of rounds as you see the dragon is trying to like flap its wings no longer concerned with attacking you guys um and harker is continuing harker and uh, marco are continuing to try to set up this beacon huh indeed uh all right well we're going to be following and I'll, I'll bring your horde with you and I'm just going to take as much random shit from around here as I can. <laughs> you said there sure. was still some. You begin, 
Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's like still like significant piles of gold and coin from from all kinds of worlds too. Like you notice like coin from worlds you've never seen before. Money um, that seems Marco would recognize and be able to tell you is Kratorian mm. um, that has Kratorian etching on it. Um, uh, and lots of other coin from various worlds that you don't recognize at all. Um, uh, all of it's super old. Um, there's art pieces laying around that seem to have deteriorated the time. But you can start just pushing gold into your uh, satchel. Um, it's it's not going to be nearly the haul that you you guys thought and that Val thought, but it's it's something. Um, uh, Ravnus is going to uh, real quick jog back and get her javelin. Yeah, you can you can find she it. Yeeted. Okay, yep. she gets it and comes back to the group. Okay. Uh, Marco, do you want to make another check to place the beacon? Yeah. All right, let's find uh, hmm? Do you just want to do Arcana again, or do you want to try something else? Um, hmm. What's some other things I could do? Because I think I've tapped out the Arcana area. So you can roll Arcana again just to continue doing what you're doing. The DC will be slightly higher, but you are good at it. So that's, that's the pro and con of that. Um, you could... Um, I don't know, attempt to roll history to see if you maybe heard of devices like this in the past. You can attempt to, um, I don't know, any of the skills you feel like you would be comfortable rolling on, if you could rationalize how to use them in this situation, I'd, I'd allow it. Okay, okay. Um, I'll, I'll stick with what I know here. I'll just keep going Arcana. Okay. That is a 17. 17 it will succeed so yeah you continue to kind of decipher the uh the conjuration glyphs and uh with harker's help uh get things into place and there is a spark of light that ignites at the top of the device and uh these arcane ley lines extend out to the various uh smaller beacons set out in a circle around and this tiny little portal at the top of the beacon forms uh, no larger than about like three or four inches wide. But uh, Harker will stand there and say, yes, the, the creator ship will be receiving our signal with this in place, with the other beacons that we've placed on nearby asteroids, they should be arriving on the material plane any moment. All right. High five. I'm going to go for a high five for Harker. Harker's going to look at it and goes, I don't. Or do you mean to strike me? Uh, the, um, <laughs> like Marco's, like put your hand up as I did with mine. Uh, he he does, and just kind of holds it up awkwardly. And then I like just kind of like smack it slightly. That's uh, that's uh, I don't understand. It's a it's a celebration between two people who've accomplished something together. Uh, Scriv is going to walk up and say, "Yes, I have understood this in." Many humanoid cultures, especially aboard the Voidfarer, I believe it is called a High Seven, or no, something like that. I, I guess digits <laughs> may vary, but for me, it's a High Five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so yeah, uh, Val is going to say, "All right, then let's um, well, let's let's collect what we can." But I think we should. I think we should do it quickly because I don't know how long that's going to last. And he, she kind of nods to the the, cre- the the brain that is pulsating still with all of these creatures skittering all over the, the skeleton in some attempt to reconstitute its original body and fly away, I guess. Um, <laughs> Val will say, 
Let's let's not take a lot of time, but let's scoop up what we can and let's make our way out. And she nods towards the the exit. All right. Uh, same. Yeah, Ravnus uh, gathers what she can and skedaddles. All right. You guys do that. Um, you don't take a whole lot of time at all. And you, with your forged companions, uh, work your way up the the rough tunnel out of here. You could definitely tell this tunnel was not made to be traversed on foot. Um, it was probably the tunnel that the dragons would use to fly in and out of. But you can climb your way, clamber your way up and out. And as you do, as you're stepping out uh, on the exterior of this Gidyanki Fortress on the side of this asteroid, seeing the starry black void of space laid out in front of you, there is a flash of blue light somewhere off in the middle distance of the void. And that blue point expands into a octagonal portal opening and you can see swirling starry filled expanse on the other side beyond the silhouette of a gargantuan ship that slowly lowers itself through this portal the ship long made out of heavy wooden planks embossed with massive brass fixtures and encircling the ship's midsection a ring probably 300 feet in diameter of flickering fire a bound fire elemental that powers the Eberron built forged creatorship as it enters the material plane in crop space ProjectDerailed.com